0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to Therefore I Geek. I'm Andrew. I'm Becky, and today we are going to be talking about Marvel's newest film, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Ooh. We do have a, There are a couple of news stories I want. I want to touch on for a moment right before we uh we get started here um two unfortunate uh passings in geek culture in like last well, like a week and a half two i think it's two weeks but uh first was the passing of harlan ellison who is or i'm sorry was i uh, fortunate to say uh, uh a really fantastic science fiction writer um did some work for star trek uh notice we do not did a podcast on um the the star trek episode city on the edge of forever that he did I I had to look that up i swear it's a different yeah so yeah it was city on the city on the edge of forever Harlan Ellison wrote. Um, They have since taken his original script and turned it into a comic book because it went through a couple of different iterations and then uh, Star Trek writer D.C. Fontana ended up rewriting it. uh, More to Gene Roddenberry's liking. But it is a fantastic kind of alternate history, alternate future episode. You know, kind of a a what if and the the perils of time travel. And again, very, very well done. Uh, And then he's gone on, went on, wrote a number, of other pieces of science fiction and was a uh, consultant for Babylon 5 which I've been watching a lot lately and actually wrote two episodes I know I've seen one of them and it was really really good and really funny Um, I don't know if I've seen the other one yet I'd have to go look and see see where in the series the other one is but uh, Harlan Ellison passed he was in his 80s and then the other unfortunate one is the passing of Spider-Man co-creator Steve Ditko which happened yesterday uh, as we're recording on Sunday and that was really that's really unfortunate I mean you know the was 90 so at least he had a nice long healthy life right but you know i mean he's the co-creator spider-man creator of dr strange had a major impact on the marvel universe in general fantastic artist went over to dc for a while Uh, A number of the characters that he did originally while he was at um, uh, Charleston Comics and then were picked up by DC is actually what a lot of the characters from Watchmen are based on. Hmm. Yeah, so uh, the question that he wrote uh, is what what Rorschach is based on. Obviously, Rorschach plays a a major role in, in Watchmen. And then he came back to Marvel and created characters like Squirrel Girl. I think he actually also created the Micronauts. Um, I really
1: want Squirrel Girl to get her on.
0: I'll just say the Micronauts, that may may actually end up tying into uh, what we're about to talk about, which is Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yes. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, Ditko is kind of an interesting character because he was very, very quiet, very, um, you know, kept to himself. He had a, a major falling out with Stanley, which is why he left Marvel Comics originally. It definitely had to do some, something, obviously, with Spider Man because that's what he was really doing at the time. But he never really talked about it, and Stan never really talked about it. And unlike a lot of people who, who have since been really, you know, really looked to, to try and to capitalize on Marvel's success, it puts it in the wrong light because it, it, it makes it sound kind of greedy. But like Jack King, or Jack King, Jack, Kirby's estate, Jack Kirby originally and then his estate, you know, has definitely been involved in legal battles with Marvel over the characters that he created for Marvel. Um, you know, Steve Ditko never did that. What The only thing he wanted was to be recognized as co-creator. And you know, Stan was, you know, pretty willing to do that.
1: He had pride in his work.
0: Yeah, but like, that's all he wanted. Like, he wasn't looking for the money. He wasn't looking for, all he wanted to be, was to be recognized for the things he did. And and I think that's, a, that's a certainly a reasonable thing to ask. And in light of kind of the way that other people have acted, good or bad, and I do think Jack Kirby, a deserves more credit than he gets, and B deserves deserves more money for you know the success of the characters. But you know, all he wanted was just, hey, this is my work, uh, you know, and I think that's something to be uh, to be respected, right, along with his skills. Yes. so so two unfortunate passings this week but uh you know that's unfortunately life goes on unfortunately (laughs) that's just that's life um so with that we'll go let's go ahead and get into Ant-Man and the Wasp so obviously this obviously this is the sequel to 2015's Ant-Man and kind of to place the film it takes place almost a full two years after Civil War so the, the general premise is that uh Scott Lang has been on house arrest for the last two years uh as a result of his actions in in Captain America Civil War so basically because he had a family he took a plea deal which was kind of alluded to in infinity war
1: yeah I don't remember what they said in it
0: they said that that uh Scott and um Hawkeye took plea deals because they had families ah and that, that's where they left it so here we see Scott um basically at the end of the two years of house arrest and you know he's, he's, he's really been trying to play by the rules Toe he, the line <laughs> yeah because if he doesn't then you know he's going to end up in prison for 20 years.
1: And he really wants to be there for his daughter. And-
0: right, which you know, that's, a, that's a, that was a strong theme in the first film was his desire to have this relationship with his daughter. So you know, he's really doing his best to still have that. And so, so he's been really trying to avoid superheroics.
1: Side note can we please build a box fort slash ant riding roller coaster with all the uh, moving boxes that we had? Because that was just epic the, the little fort he came up with with his daughter in the first scene.
0: I mean, it was definitely epic. I'm an engineer and I don't think I could pull that off. <sighs>
1: Why did I marry you?
0: I caught you off guard eh. and you've never recovered since. That's fair. And now you're just too sleep deprived to, to do yeah. anything about it. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's kind of where the, where the film picks up and kind of kind of places it. it. It is actually before the events of Infinity War, which is kind of what I expected and that it would, it would give some explanation as to what was going on and why Ant-Man was not involved in any of the events of Infinity War.
1: I think it would also be hard to do a standalone movie that, Took place after Infinity War, except for the sequel to Infinity War.
0: True. No, I mean I don't disagree. It was it was one of those things like because the question came up uh, at the panel I did at at Tidewater Comic Con for for the, my other podcast, and uh, yeah, I was not really surprised kind of when it took place. No, that stuff is gonna require some actual editing. That's fine. It was gonna require editing after I uh, couldn't remember the name of the fucking episode. Right. <clears throat> so you know, before we like get into specifics, so what did what did you think of the movie?
1: Overall, I really liked it. I had some issues, which we'll get to, but overall, I thought it was it was entertaining. Um, what I was kind of. I don't know, taken aback is the right word. Just, I found it interesting that this movie really is about, the heroes aren't really saving humanity, saving, they're, they are trying to save Janet. And that is it. Their, their only motivation is not to save humankind, is not, it is just to save Janet Van Dyne, the original Wasp. And, which is very interesting because even in other, even like Civil War where Captain America is tra- Trying to rescue his friend, Bucky, and, and you know, save his name and, and legacy and everything like that. It's still about, you know, saving people. People were... Innocent people were murdered and, you know, finding out who the actual bad guy is because it's not Bucky. This one, there was... Uh, eventually you know we would like to use the quantum particles to heal people and save ghosts and whatever but um but really the motivation is completely selfish which is kind of interesting
0: also I don't know if it, I would just strictly say it was selfish but it was a very personal yeah mission I think more so like Civil war tried to be personal but because they had the sokovia Accords kind of hanging over it and the whole you know hero versus hero kind of thing there was a lot more political kind of going Going on that that intermixed with it that didn't make it feel as personal right whereas this was intensely personal yes and that was interesting
1: what did you think
0: overall you're right i thought the movie was entertaining i do think it kept very well with the original ant-man mm-hmm. like in terms of tone and theme and everything i just don't know that i like i kind of walked out and i was like that was nice but like wasn't anything special yeah i mean like i'm really happy to see uh janet back because reading Avengers, she's become one of my favorite characters. <laughs> like I really enjoy her character, and I'm really I was really glad to see like them actually like bring her back. This is actually something that kind of unrelated to Civil War, but fo- in the comics following the events of Civil War came Secret Invasion, and through a whole mess of other stuff, they found out Janet what the the Janet they knew wasn't really Janet, and so yeah, lots of scrolls, lots <laughs> and lots of scrolls, and so eventually they did pull Wasp out of basically the the quantum realm, the microverse. I think is what it actually was, but you know, pulled her out of there. So you know, this this is something I'm 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 wasn't expecting, but I'm a little used to. You know, I've seen this idea before.
1: Um, side note one of my favorite lines was scott saying are you guys just adding quantum to the front of everything yeah
0: that was kind of entertaining
1: <laughs> because that's what it seemed like yeah when in doubt, da- when you can't explain anything call it quantum just like in in silver age everything was you know radioactive or yeah nuclear uh oh yeah n- in this version everything is quantum
0: yeah no i mean i enjoyed it i just wasn't blown away by it i think i think the the first ant-man was a little bit more novel because everything was so heavy and so serious especially coming after like Avengers and um, oh crud what was it um, Winter Soldier like there's a lot of heavy heavy Marvel issue or um, films right before that name comes in and it's like hey this is light and happy and fun
1: see I found this movie to be kind of refreshing possibly because it didn't it, it kind of tied into the other movies but it also works just fine as a standalone and because it is so Personal. It was so personal. It was just. It was different than a lot of the other movies, and especially for being a sequel, because most of the time you get into the personal stuff and the character development in the first movie. But I feel like a lot of that happened in this movie. Like, for example, finding out, like in the first movie, you think, oh, Hank Pym's just a grumpy old man, his wife died, blah, blah. But now in this one, you really get to see, yeah, he was kind of a jackass when he was younger, even before his wife died which if you read the comics you know because i know this from listening to your other podcast yeah no no hanks a
0: hank's a flaming asshole for a long time
1: right and and so you get to see this in like everybody who talks about him from the past is like no you're a friggin jerk
0: (laughs) no although we did kind of get to see that a little bit in the opening sequence of the original ant-man
1: a little bit um
0: when he punches uh howard stark right which is also satisfying.
1: Right. But you it's still like, oh, uh, he's, you know, middle-aged man. And he, at that point, he had already lost his wife. So it's like, okay, well, maybe he's just a grumpy old man. But n- no, he's, he's just been a jackass his whole life.
0: Yeah, um, see, I would disagree with you a little bit in terms of it's very it's it's refreshing when you when you're looking at it from the fact that Infinity War just happened, right? We only went to Infinity War a couple months ago, right? When you look at it, kind of in the bigger Marvel, especially I think after Thor Ragnarok,
1: I did love Thor.
0: <laughs> well, so did I, which was so much so different than a lot of the other Marvel films that like you know they've been pushing the envelope a lot, and like Ant Man was one of the first ones to really start pushing the Marvel formula and pushing the envelope for Marvel. So then when Thor pushed it a lot more, this kind of feels. I'm know like a step back but this is kind of middle of the road now this isn't this isn't the outer limits this is this is right in the middle yeah and i think to each his own. and i think like infinity war pushed pushed the like the envelope even further like the other way like op- expanded it further the other way in terms of like darker and well you know, and the good guys
1: don't always win right which is always refreshing bec- in in any movie because the good guys always win
0: right no, no no i i don't disagree with that but yeah i mean this this was uh like, again, very much in the same you know vein as the original Ant Man, which is still good. I just kind of walked out not thinking it was anything like amazing.
1: No, I I can I can agree with that, but I think I may have liked it more a little bit more than you did, but that's fine. I mean,
0: I don't know. Really, uh, <laughs> it sounds like it's a competition. Like no, 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 I... no. Like like I enjoyed it, but like I don't know. I was kind of hoping for like, like maybe just, again something that that was just put stretching Marvel a little bit more.
1: Yeah, I can um, understand that. Um, I loved. I loved evangeline lily's wasp and she was just such a badass
0: yeah i really enjoyed the way they played obviously now because both of them have the shrinking abilities um you know and like the last one yeah yellow jacket had the ability but you know yellow jacket wasn't fighting through most of the film it was really the you know the end sequence but kind of in addition to that like he was almost all about the suit yeah you know and it was this big armored it almost it really almost felt like an iron man ant-man hybrid you know it was this big armored thing and, and whatnot this time when they're both kind of in the suits and although they're complementary they're still very different in terms of like fighting style and things like that and like how they use the shrinking ability that i thought that played very well yeah you know she she is far more martial arts acrobatic and he's a little bit he's got some of that but he's a lot more you know boxing a little bit more of a, of a brawler kind of of character yeah um i also liked the fact that um his uh his size changing abilities weren't consistent the whole time like yeah. he had problems with the with the tech which in part uh, you know goes back to the old avengers comics where ant-man would he you know, he he got stuck at 10 feet for like 8 issues or something like that right or like he can't go above a certain height or it'll kill him or he can't you know shrink down there are all kinds of different problems that he had with the technology so i really enjoyed that cuz it was like a it's a nice throwback to the, the comics and b it makes it changes things up a little bit like iron man gets a new every every uh every film captain america's fighting style changes and evolves every film you know but in general they always get better well this time it didn't really get better it, like the tech kind of got better but it also like didn't
1: right well and also throw back to the original comics um there was a reference Lawrence Fishburne's character made to the Goliath
0: well so it's something you probably you're probably un- unfamiliar with is that like Bill Foster becomes Goliath yeah for like I mean it doesn't happen I think till the 70s or 80s but like Bill Foster eventually becomes that character so like Hank Pym ends up being a whole host of other characters uh, oftentimes sometimes changing with his uh emotional or like you know bipolar mental state
1: yes um i just remember listening to you on some assembly required sometimes getting confused with all of his various character changes oh
0: god i mean like i just i literally just got to the point where he's becoming yellow jacket and basically it's based on him him being like borderline bipolar schizophrenic kind of like multiple personality shit like it gets (laughs) hank pym gets all kinds of fucked up in the comics let's just (laughs) uh, let's be really clear about that
1: yeah you think he's a cranky old man in this movie in the comics he's just all sorts of fucked up in the head
0: yeah um but no yeah like i was really excited like one i love Lawrence fishburne yes like the, he's he, so great he, I think this is just like a great actor he has gravitas yeah um i don't remember who it was i heard talking about because for all for up until not that long ago maybe less than a year i think he was married to gina torres from firefly mm. played a uh, zoe
1: i didn't realize that um,
0: and i want to say it was when we had on the i'm drawing a blank on his name at the moment but the producer of uh oh, con shoot. man and he went over because they, have, they oh, have that's
1: gonna drive me crazy
0: for their their kickstarter thing they they had a um they had a bunch of people who were in the in the in the first season of um, con man on kind of making fun of alan tudyk and they went over to gina torres's house and like alan tudyk like pops up uh, pops out of the pool on gina torres and she like tells him to go away <laughs> and like lauren's was and like he was just like even in like Person, when he's not acting, the man just has a presence and a gravitas to him, and you're like, oh, it's Lawrence Fishburne. Holy shit! Yeah, like so. so, I mean, like I love him, and then he's playing Bill Foster, which is a character I really enjoy too. So yeah, that was great. I was a little disappointed, or I was, I should say, I was almost disappointed because I thought they were going to turn Bill Foster into a villain. I was like, don't, don't do it, don't do it, (laughs) don't do it. And then he turns out to be like a good guy, but kind of misguided. Like I'm trying to help this girl who's been through a whole mess of shit, and you're. kind of like you said you're just kind of a cranky old asshole yeah so you know i'm actually going to try and help her and then and then he kind of disapproves of her ways and no i thought that was
1: no i really liked his character and i liked Ghost too
0: i was not happy with that acting job yeah it was really not very good
1: it was it was a little contrived
0: well the character was kind of contrived but like also just like she just like the accent was bad and then she felt kind of wooden yeah like facial expressions just didn't work like any or at all
1: yeah and I, i will say some of her her movements and i don't know if it was the suit but like i understand you don't have to like walk around stuff because you can face through stuff i did like that effect i thought the effect was no you know i thought well the
0: effect and her how they had her fight because at times like you know they you know they'd shoot at her or blaster. like someone who's who's grown up with that and trained with that their whole time like she doesn't need to dodge she doesn't right need, she just walks through
1: Right. And she doesn't so, have that, some, that
0: natural instinct in there.
1: Sometimes her walk was kind of
0: Yeah, her gait was, was kind of stiff. Yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll agree with that. Yeah, I mean, I like... But
1: in terms of the character, I liked, you know, the the sympathetic, like...
0: I liked the concept of Ghost. I just don't know that the execution. And, I mean, I'm not... As much as I've read been reading Avengers, like, this is not a character I'm uber familiar with to start with. So, like, just in general, like, Ant-Man villains, I'm kind of going, I couldn't have named some if you had like put a gun to my head <laughs> so it's, it's it's hard to to deal with like to figure that out like who you know who are they gonna have what's the the goal it's like uh, uh, i don't know yeah what's, you know, what you know like oh what's ghost deal eh, it's what's on screen i don't know <laughs> well i don't know what you want from me um this, the southern gentleman trying to get the lab that was kind of worthless yeah the only part that was there that i liked about that was the truth serum fight and specifically yes. when they give it to louise
1: <laughs> yes because uh.
0: again louise is is one of the guys like that's one of the highlights of the film is just listening to him him talk
1: yeah michael peña peña
0: peña yeah no michael peña's i mean like you, you you know you're we've heard of this before that you're one of your favorite movies is the martian
1: i love it so much
0: and he's in that and, and like he he's is. fun in that but like the character of louise he just does so well yeah especially when like you ask louise something and, like he starts telling a story <laughs> like scott being in a bad place emotionally and like the guy just loses his mind finally and he's like where is he literally
1: Oh, literally! Right. Also, the discussion about how you load the dishwasher was <laughs> entertaining.
0: Well, the like, he's like he's talking to Scott on the phone, and then starts yelling into the, at the into the phone about how he loads the dishwasher.
1: <laughs> Who puts a plate on the top? It doesn't make any sense.
0: Yeah, I actually like the the other two the other two crooks, and they're like, "Look, he's he's like a jukebox. You just, you put the diamond, you have to let him go." My to,
1: abuela had a jukebox.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what did it play? That was another. Um, that was a weird one. Oh,
1: oh shit morrissey
0: yes only played He's like what what (laughs) it's kind of an odd choice for his grandmother but okay
1: i was i was a little sad that that section was the only time we got to see his uh his crazy storytelling antics because that was such a great part of the first movie i mean realistically you
0: only got it three times in the first film and one of them was the post credit.
1: Yeah. But still I, I could have used I could have used more. Yeah. I also love,
0: like, like the, the 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 cuts back to the presidency with the hair. <laughs> like yeah. A cheap it looked like a cheap, like, you know, party city kinda of wig. It was really entertaining.
1: Yes. Um also next Father's Day you will be getting a uh world's best grandma <laughs> trophy. Just so we have I that like clear. the
0: relationship he has with his daughter
1: yeah it's so good
0: because like in the first film he gives her like the the like horrifying bunny yes and uh and she just like loves it <laughs> and it's, it's one of the thing, like she doesn't love it because it's great she loves it because dad gave it to her yeah And like she, that's, that's she so just cute.
1: adores him yeah and and how she wanted to be his partner and and then her covering for him um during this he's barfing a lot yeah <laughs> A lot. Um, Yeah, I that little girl was super cute. And I also like how the relationship between um, between Scott and his his ex-wife and um and her new husband evolved in the group hugs and
0: oh yeah although although her new husband rem- it's not the same actor but it reminds me a lot of the brother from everybody loves Raymond oh uh, yeah like they kind of look similar and they've got similar voices yeah like the, the 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 new husband's voice isn't quite as deep but like that definitely reminds me and I'm just like I have a hard time not seeing that
1: see I just see him as Will's boyfriend on Will and Grace I can't remember what his character's name was but he was also a cop in that um that was that's
0: like um there's a guy from nypd blue like the short you know, like balding guy with a mustache like not
1: danny devito
0: no but he kind of looks like danny devito
1: did you have that weird m&m commercials maybe okay when you would you would remember it if you're talking if
0: about you when did. they're interviewing the caramel
1: no it's where the red m&m turns into danny devito
0: i don't rem- i don't think you so. would have remembered that which is which is weird because you and i went, we and went, and saw went the to movie. This- Within less than 24 hours apart at the same theater. Maybe I just tuned it out.
1: Well, it may have been... How close to the the start of the previews did you get there?
0: Like ten, fifteen minutes.
1: Oh. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why you didn't see it. Because it was... Interesting. Anyways, we're digressing.
0: Yes. Um. But yeah, it, he, like sorry, that that guy just like always plays a cop too. Like he was <laughs> a cop in NYPD Blue. He was a cop in freaking Die Hard Two. Like it's, it's like the only thing he plays it's like it's like the um speaking of Die Hard, it's like the the, the dad from Family uh Family Ties. Family Ties, the, um, the, That's the one with yeah, Urkel. Yeah, yes. I, I don't care. I don't give a shit about the guy's name. Yeah. Um. But like he played a cop in that. He played a cop in the original Die Hard. <laughs> yeah just like that guy always plays a cop
1: you know some people have a type that's why it's called typecasting it is so were there any things that you really didn't like
0: um nothing like jumped out at me like major yeah no, i mean nothing nothing's like screaming at me like I, I i enjoyed the film it was just i had
1: some so okay Quantum realm, whatever. Janet's been stuck there for 30 years. Great. Her hair, gray I wasn't sure how they were going to handle her aging because I was like, does she age? Like, how does she eat there if she's if she's not in a static state, then, then what happens? So granted, Michelle Pfeiffer is gorgeous no matter what. And really all they did was make her hair white, which I'm like, is it white because of like trauma of staying there 30 years or is white because she's aging? Unclear. So I'll, I'll give them a pass on that. What the hell was up with the little like Lord of the Rings cloak robe thing she had going? Like, where did she just like, Pick up material and make a cloak in the quantum realm. Like, I don't understand. That. So, I think that's
0: that maybe like some of like the microverse stuff, whereas, like, there is any universe that exists, like, an actual, like, not just like the weird, like, psychedelic kind of stuff, but like an actual universe that exists at the, at the, the um, that, that quantum scale.
1: There better be because. I was very confused about that. And at first I thought she had like a, um, um, some sort of like machete or something on her back. And then I realized it was like what was left of her wings. So
0: no, I think it's actually like a, like a sword or something she made out of it. Like, cause I don't, it's not in, I think it's in like some of like the, the promo shots where she's actually holding it.
1: And it's it's like
0: one wing and then it's like two wings attached end to end.
1: But I'll, I'll accept that as she, like, I don't, I don't know what she was fighting off. Maybe the tardigrades. Um, but I I can accept that because she had that on her sure. at the time, but the cloak was pissing me off. As soon as she showed up with that, I got I got so angry because <laughs> it made no sense, and I have very irrational feelings about things like that. Like, I can accept I can accept that there is a quantum realm. I can accept that somehow she stayed alive and sane and present for 30 years. Fine, I'll take all that. Where the hell did she get that cloth? And a sewing machine or scissors to cut it up or whatever. Like, mm, no, I have issues. Very upsetting.
0: <laughs> I mean, I kind of like the look of it, so.
1: I didn't mind the look. It just made no sense. <laughs> Explain yourself. <laughs> no, i don't think they're going to I, that's all i want i also wish there was more of an explanation as to why uh ava survived and her parents didn't yeah I other mean, than convenience
0: yeah <laughs> that's always kind of one of the that's almost always one of the things you're like uh deus ex machina yeah or plot ex machina usually is a better better way of putting it
1: yeah why like, did she
0: survive because the plot needed her to
1: right like just say something that she was like in the dead center of the beam or something something just to make it give a reason i i like having reasons for things other than it's convenient for the plot that's what i don't like just it, this movie other movies just everything needs a reason and an explanation please where the hell did snoke come from I, It still pisses me okay i'm done
0: that pisses you off but you didn't get pissed off where the emperor come from
1: no no hold on we are going to <laughs> because the Emperor... Okay, you're like, okay, we're fighting against an Empire. That's just like an established part of the backstory. So the Empire needs... An emperor and yes, in twenty years we find out we start to get the backstory on the emperor. But you didn't need that. You just know that there is like a supreme over overlord. By the time we get to the Force Awakens, we already have so much canon and everything explaining the Jedi and the Sith and the Rule of Two and you know all of this, there's, there's so much legend and everything. And we're supposed to somehow believe that there is this super powerful person who's super strong with the dark side that we've never heard of before, who has the power to meld the minds of two people across the galaxy, like some super powerful shit. And Like there's, even if it was in Clone Wars or in a book or something, like just explain it somehow. You can't have... I'm sure
0: they're going to get there. (gasps) Are they? Also, the rule of two no longer applied after the emperor.
1: Okay, but...
0: (laughs) Now I'm just pushing buttons. Yes, you are. (laughs) Uh, It's a good thing the futon's still set up.
1: (laughs) Again, why did I marry you? But yes, there is a difference because now the Star Wars universe is established. So you can't just like... Okay, I'm done. I'm done. Sorry for that little trip, doing? folks. How you doing? I mean, I was already having a kind of emotionally charged, frustrated day, and now I wasn't expecting to go down this road tonight.
0: I mean, to be fair, you're the one that found the rabbit hole. You I know, just, I, just, I just pushed you in.
1: <laughs> you just kept stomping on, stomping me further and further down. Ah, uh, so Ant-Man and the Wasp. <laughs> What was your favorite um, size change, like use of size change in the movie?
0: Uh, I think early on, when Wasp is fighting in the kitchen, uh-huh. when she's dodging the guy throwing the knives, that was great. <laughs> that was cool. Also, the the car the car chases,
1: yeah, those were pretty cool. Yeah, um, I love the little Hot Wheels box full of. Yeah. Also, I have to say, I really loved the end credits where it was done with like little models and toys. Yeah, miniature. Yeah, yeah. So that
0: was very. I was actually going to say that. That so was really about, cool. That was very well, very well done. So, what did you think of the uh, the post-credit?
1: The post credit or the mid credit? The mid credit. The mid credit. I really, I like. I texted you as soon as it was done, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Because um, I, when the movie started, I expected that we would find out what happened to them after Thanos. Um, but I kind of forgot about that, <laughs> and so then the mid credit happened, and I was like, "Why aren't they responding? What happened to them?" And
0: no, as soon as it went dead, I knew. I was like, "All I, all." And as soon as it went dead, all I thought was.
1: Yeah, I, I just, I guess I was just so engrossed in, in this film that I kind of for a second forgot about Infinity War so yeah when that happened I was just like oh shit but it says at the end of the movie after the really shitty post credit scene which I was pissed off about that because I had to pee and I sat there and waited and all I got was an ant playing the drums like, I
0: mean it was kind of funny though
1: mm-hmm. I was still pissed Um, but right after that it says Ant-Man and the Wasp will return so I mean we all know that somehow you know at least most of the characters are going to come back or at least some of the characters are going to come back yeah at least what
0: the russo brothers have have said and you know who knows how accurate it's going to be but what they've said is that any character deaths will be permanent
1: right like gamora's gone
0: right any characters who have dissolved yeah who were who are eliminated by yeah. thanos have the possibility of coming back
1: right um so yeah what are your theories because you said something about the micro microverse well just like so scott, <laughs>
0: yeah scott got is, is trapped down there so so the next film the next ant-man film if there is another one may may have something to do with like the microverse
1: also i wanted to ask you about this so they mentioned during that part that they're getting healing particles for their new ghost friend is that ghost does she still need it or is there somebody else that they were referring no, to? no
0: i think it's that she needs periodic treatments of these, okay. of these particles i think is what it is
1: okay because i was confused i was like should i be reading into this
0: no although with ghosts surviving um i had seen a something i think it was comicbook.com posted that this maybe may pave the way for marvel's marvel to do a thunderbolts film and i was like yes yes do that do that now (laughs) please do it this moment
1: and because man
0: thunderbolts is a lot of fun
1: part of what i liked about um about lawrence Fishburne, the bill foster and ghost characters is that it was always a paternal and friendly relationship like they're sticking together because he has he feels responsible for her there's no there's nothing romantic there like yeah, you can although have
0: with, at the end when they were escaping i got a little worried that like don't don't fucking do it i know don't fucking do it don't ruin this
1: yeah no i i do not want them to somehow get together because that's creepy as shit like she was like six and and you were like her father figure for a yeah. while um but just it's always refreshing when there's not a romantic aspect yeah to um, a male and female relationship.
0: Yeah, but still, seriously Thunderbolts do it. (laughs) It's like Suicide Squad, but good. And and parts of it are just Thunderbolts get ridiculous.
1: Yeah. Oh, another part I really liked was when um when Janet takes over Scott. Um,
0: oh God, that was funny.
1: Yeah, I thought Paul Rudd did a really good job. Yeah. On that, I'm sure that I'm sure that he consulted with Michelle Pfeiffer on that scene, and she probably guided him through like how she would do it so that he could. Yeah.
0: Well, the, the part I loved at the, was like at the end, he's he like, "No, nope, nothing. I got nothing."
1: <laughs> yeah, but you how could. How did we get here? You could definitely see the shift between the two characters yeah and and that's always you know acting isn't acting is not easy it's it does it's the
0: superman clark kent problem yeah Right, cause up until yeah. up until Christopher Reeves auditioned for the original Superman, they they actually intended to cast two individuals. One is Superman, one is Clark Kent, because they couldn't find anyone to do both. And then Reeves walked in and was able to change himself so much that that one person could do it. But since then, I mean, you know, they've really struggled. I mean, like as much as I enjoy the current Superman, he does an awful Clark Kent. Yeah, like awful. He does a great Superman, but but not so much with the Clark.
1: Yeah. But to play not only are you playing a different character, you're also then playing a second character within that character. It's it's like, you know, a Freaky Friday movie and and things where, you know, you're convinced after a while that Yeah, but
0: I mean, he, he very very well may have consulted Michelle Pfeiffer, but to be fair, like, she's on screen so little and interacts with their character so much that, like, not that, I'm not saying he couldn't have screwed it up, because he certainly could have done it poorly, but, like, as long as he sold the performance in general, yeah, we don't have a whole lot to compare it to with, with Michelle Pfeiffer. So, like, you know, I don't know how, uh, how she would have played more of that character. Right. You know, I, I sure, it's, it's, it's a, a good assumption that, you know... If Paul... I
1: were acting it, if I were Paul Rudd, I would have consulted sure, with her. <laughs> sure. What else? Do we know how the box office is doing?
0: Uh, it's doing okay. It's about I want to say seventy. I looked that up earlier. It was like seventy-two million or so, which is not huge, but it was. It's but not quite twenty million more than the original Ant Man did like fifty-seven. Its opening weekend. Mm-hmm. The original Ant Man actually is is one of the lowest grossing Marvel uh, MCU films. Like yeah. The, MCU films like obviously like currently, if you look at like box office Mojo, obviously Ant Man and the Wasp was the lowest because it's just brand new. But the original Ant Man only grossed like hundred eighty million domestically. Like it was it was really low. So. So, you know, we'll kind of see uh, where they choose to go from here. And I mean, you know, depending on what's going on, you know, unless it's something major like Infinity War or, you know, something novel like Black Panther or hopefully Captain Marvel, you know, Marvel may be seeing diminishing returns at the box office. Yeah, which I mean, we're twenty films in. If we're, if we're now just hitting diminishing returns, w- fuck.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty good franchise.
0: <laughs> yeah, like I don't remember how much Disney bought Marvel for, but the point is they've they've made it over many times.
1: All hail Corporate Overlord.
0: Yes. Yeah, and hopefully, in the near future, Corporate Overlord will also have the rest, almost all the rest of the Marvel rights. Yes. So close. Excellent. So close. I'm excited. I I really want a a, a Fantastic Four movie that doesn't suck. And I liked the the original Fantastic Four films better than most people, but they were still not good.
1: The only reason I saw them was because... I had have had a huge crush on you and Griffith.
0: Yeah, see like that's that those films are the entire reason like I, I was doubtful about Chris Evans. I was doubtful about Chris Evans until I saw
1: You were doubtful Um, of him as captain america i
0: was doubtful of of him as an actor Ah. until i saw sunshine
1: i still haven't seen that one
0: it's it's one of the best science fiction movies i've ever seen until the last 10 minutes where it just turns around and kicks itself in the dick really hard
1: what about the martian that's the best science fiction film
0: i mean i i also really enjoy the martian but like (laughs) like as good as the martian is sunshine is far more visually stunning like yeah sunshine is still one of the best visual films i've ever seen
1: it's also probably more fiction i mean the martian oh yeah is not all that no. far from where we hopefully will be
0: no in the last like 10 to 15 minutes like sunshine just turns around turns itself into a bad slasher film and kicks itself square in the nuts <laughs> you ever watch those like diving like the like the like international diving videos where like it's some really obscure country that doesn't really do like you know olympic sports <laughs> and like the diver comes off and he does like a bunch of like cool stuff and then fucking belly flops yes that's what that was that's what that film was um now he was really good in it and um Cillian Murphy was really good in it. who
1: I also have a crush on
0: um yeah again good good film but I actually walked out of the theater for for a couple of minutes and then walked back in like I was so pissed off like I saw I saw where the movie was going and I got so angry I walked out for a couple of minutes and had to calm down wow yeah
1: I have never been so upset as to walk out of e.
0: well so that's why I walked back in <laughs> so, <laughs> so I had gotten lost trying to find the movie theater It was a, it's a theater in New Rochelle New York and it was it's a, it was a nice theater that's why I went to New Rochelle because it was the closest theater that wasn't awful near me in college but like the, the parking garage for it like you could only get to it there were a whole mess of one-way streets you could only get to it from one direction I could never quite remember like the sequence of one ways you had to get to it so I spent like 45 minutes driving around trying to find this stupid parking lot I finally find it
1: so you're already on edge
0: right I was like well like I wasn't on edge but it was like it was more along of like I just put in so much effort to see this movie and then I spent money on it in college and I didn't have a lot of money in college so like just all the all the time money and effort that went into me getting to this stupid movie I was like I can't I can't not watch the last 10 minutes, but I had to like walk out and calm down. Otherwise I would just going to start screaming at the, at the, the screen.
1: I guess I'm going to have to watch this. So and that like, I understand like the, what the, you're uh, talking about. The other,
0: the other two people in the theater with me, like I'm sure would have just started, you know, just judging me hard, but
1: how did um your theater react to Ant-Man and the Wasp? It
0: wasn't bad. It wasn't like amazing, but the, the, the couple next to like, the guy next to me, um he, re- he was really into it. And um especially the mid credit scene, like, his wife was just like what the fuck and I, I guess she hadn't seen Infinity War and he's like yeah you don't you don't understand that that was that was the shit though <laughs> he was super into it um
1: my my audience was there there were not a lot of people i was like this is opening weekend of a marvel film like why is this not jam-packed but um but the people that were there were really enjoying themselves yeah
0: i will say my theater filled up pretty well like i thought it was gonna be pretty empty and i think the seat next to me was one of the few empty seats Mm. um but i mean it didn't it didn't fill up until the end oh i i never told you Uh oh Oh, my god Uh uh-oh Oh, I almost, I almost had to lose my shit. Uh-oh. This woman brought a fucking newborn <gasps> into the theater. No. Kids started crying for a minute, and then it stopped. Like, like she was nursing him in there. And I know that because she brought the fucking nursing pillow. <laughs> and I know what that looks like now. <laughs> Like, at first, she, she, she walks up, she's got all the stuff in her arms, and then I realize she has a baby carrier. And I was like, you have got to be fucking kidding me. Like, I, I almost got up right there and walked out and got, like, got the management, like, what the fuck? Yeah um the kids started crying like crying a bunch like right at the end Mm. but it was like right as like it was like right when i bring up like i knew the film was almost over so i'm like i'm not gonna go like but i was just like i was very like when the kids started crying a little bit at first i was i almost like i almost went and like lost it at a fucking manager
1: yeah well and when when your kid is crying you leave like
0: right and she didn't
1: yeah because i have brought malcolm to a few to a couple of um, live theater, not a movie theater, but live theater shows. We sit in the back right by the exit and I try to keep him as quiet as possible. And as soon as he starts making any peep we are out the door
0: no she was in the back row with me she was at the other end of the back row or i would have lost my shit just on her
1: yeah (sighs) yeah back row at a movie theater no
0: well back Uh. row it depends like back row at the movie theater we go to no right because you come in from like row three other movie theaters true like if we were at the narrow back row fine
1: one don't bring your baby to the movie theater right
0: but step one, don't be a douche. Right. Step but two, if you do, if you're gonna be a douche,
1: be as close to the exit as possible. And as soon as that baby makes a peep, you are out the door. Oh
0: my god, I was so pissed. Oh.
1: <gasps> I'm sorry.
0: That w- that w- there was like a stressful like ten minutes. Where I was just like, I'm gonna have to get up and say something.
1: There were a few kids um, in in our theater, but they were all very well behaved. At least as far as I know. I mean, I in general,
0: in general, especially like a superhero movie, I can I can deal with kids right um when i went and saw inglorious bastards and the woman next like couple seats down from me had her like four-year-old i was less understanding about that one yeah well because i'm pretty sure it was the significant other of the guy sitting next to me because mm. as soon as we got to the first scalping scene she was out the door <laughs> i'm a little impressed she made it that long um i don't know if i'm more or less impressed that she like made it in the door with the movie inglorious bastards right even if you know nothing about tarantino If you can't tell that it's rated R, anything, the name Inglorious Bastards should turn you off of of bringing your your toddler. Right. Preschool or whatever. Um, But then, like, that guy's phone rang almost nonstop for the last 15 minutes of the movie. And I finally leaned over and looked at him like... Fucking silence it or I will silence it. And I didn't even like that movie very much. I just... But like, don't... If, I, if I am paying $10 to go see a movie, I'm going to enjoy it. I'm at least going to enjoy the, the fact that I went to see a movie. Don't fucking ruin that for me.
1: Don't bring a baby and turn your fucking phone off. It is not that difficult.
0: Right. Unless you are a fucking brain surgeon, you are not that important. That you, have, that you cannot be away from your phone for two hours. Or if you are, don't go to a movie.
1: Right. Right. If you're on call, don't go to a movie. Wait until your actual day off. They're playing every day. Right. It's fine.
0: All right. Well, now that we've got off on that tangent. Okay.
1: Yeah. Well, this has been a very tangential podcast. I mean,
0: to be fair, it's kind of late and we're a little punchy. L- t- a l- little bit. I mean, you more than me, but I'm also drinking, so.
1: So you're actually drunk and I'm just tired.
0: I mean, I'm on beer number one, so I'm not drunk, but you know. Yeah. All right. So let's wrap up real quick. What have you been into this week?
1: Oh my gosh, the baking! I have been baking so much. Yes, you have. I have been baking a lot. We have so much flour in the house right now.
0: There's so many different kinds of flower. That's really the mind-blowing part.
1: Yes, because prior... To like teaching myself how to bake I was like all purpose flour It's all purpose you use it for everything No you don't There are different flours for different things So um made Homemade pasta made homemade Rolls the first Batch was completely inedible The second batch was slightly more Edible
0: um edible just kind of didn't have a whole lot of flavor Yeah for being peanut butter and chocolate it was just kind of like
1: I know I think eh. I want to well and The way I like rolled them up they didn't turn out great But I'm thinking the next batch, if I eliminate the peanut butter and chocolate and just make regular rolls, and then I can, like, brush on some pesto or something and then roll it, like, actually roll it up so that the pesto is, like, inside the bread. Just trust me. It'll be delicious. Or it won't. Who knows? Um. Yeah, so I've been baking and then I'm also um, working on marketing for the community theater that I just started on the board at. So Little Theater of Norfolk, if you're in Norfolk, check us out. Shameless plug, since I'm now in charge of marketing.
0: Shameless plug, and it's free.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and what else yeah just cleaning and getting ready for um little man's birthday party that's coming up in 2 weeks um uh, we've got a lot of family coming into town so just i've i've just been very domesticated recently <laughs> very domestic so what about you
0: let's see um i <clears throat> Uh, still watching some Babylon 5. It's been kind of fun. I've been on a slightly more normal schedule, but not like extremely normal, just slightly more than normal.
1: I mean, you were on a semi-normal schedule for like two days.
0: Right, which is better than the one day I was on previously, so we're improving. I should be on a mostly normal schedule all week.
1: What?
0: I mean, it's a second shift schedule, but it's at least you know not middle of the night kind of crap. Yes. Um. So I watched some of that. I watched Apollo 13 the other night because that was fun.
1: I love Apollo 13. I love space movies.
0: Yep. Um. Crap. I watched something else the other night that was good. Um, you you
1: were watching the right stuff and listening to the audiobook.
0: book. That's right. Yeah. I watched the right stuff. That's always fun. That's a great movie. Um. Uh, yeah. I just and I and I I was I finally finished my uh my woodcraft project. Yeah, I finally got my shelf shelf together and stained and and the uh, clear coat on it, which took a while because it kept trying to fucking rain. <laughs> and um, now you've
1: got all your bomb well most of your bombshells yeah, I've up. Got, I've
0: got I've got eleven of thirteen bombshells on the uh, on the shelf. I could have twelve of thirteen if I moved the, the deluxe Harley, but I don't want to move the deluxe Harley Quinn. I like her like in the middle. Yeah. Now I'm working on how to how to best light them up. Um, so working on that's it's been, it's been a fun project. I'll I'll tell you though. And now I have a whole bunch of empty bombshell boxes around my around my office. Which which I need to put in the attic. Yes. Um, yeah, that's about it.
1: We live very exciting lives.
0: Yeah, I was trying to play some old, some older games, like video games, and just getting frustrated as fuck with them. <laughs> Man, I've been, I've been out of gaming for a while, and I'm just getting my ass pounded here. It's just, it's not as fun as I remember.
1: <laughs> I would like to get back into video gaming. I mean, granted, my version of video gaming is Lego Star Wars and Mario Kart, so.
0: Hey, know. coming out soon is Lego Incredibles.
1: I know, I'm so excited. Also, when your mother comes into town, we should have a date night and go see Incredibles too. Yes, I agree. Okay, cool. Deal. You heard it here, folks. Make sure he holds up his end of the bargain, which is to take me to a movie, I mean, specifically Incredibles 2. It'll be
0: nice to have a babysitter.
1: Yes. A free babysitter. Yeah. Free is good.
0: Um, Yeah, that's about it, honestly. have been trying to get life organized. Things like and trying to do this over in the house we mowed the lawn today we Got to play with the weed whacker for the first time that made a mess <laughs> um
1: as i said very exciting lives sweet. i
0: think i broke the hose bib Not happy. um yeah, yeah that's about it all right folks if you like what we do make sure you head over to therefore our geek.com and check out our blog posts and our podcasts you can find us on facebook instagram and twitter and you can find this podcast and other podcasts like it on itunes soundcloud youtube and stitcher so once again i'm andrew i'm becky and you've been listening to therefore